Watchcast, where I can't think of a better name, so that's kind of what we're stuck with for now, you know? I might change it up. I'll, I'll probably change it up, but we're just going to call it the Noah Davis Watchcast, where I talk about anything I watched over the week, you know? That's going to include TV, movies, anime. I think that's about it. TV's movie, anime, that's all you can watch, right? I mean, cartoons, animation, that kind of, that's under TV. I guess anime is really under TV, if you think about it. Uh, documentaries yeah i might watch the documentary someday um stand-ups not so much i really don't watch a ton of stand-ups anymore so back to the other things it's gonna be kind of free form there's not really a huge point to this it's kind of um you just get to hear me rant about probably some recent shows and some not recent things i like to keep it a little topical but hey you never know uh, what, what might happen. I might go back, watch an old show or an old anime and talk about that, but let's get right to it. We'll start with the topical recent things. Let's start with Barry. Barry, that last season is amazing. Uh, I just want to preface that this show will have spoilers. I hate spoilers, so I will want to do that every time. I'm probably going to call it spoilers every single episode, every single time I spoil something. So big, huge, fat spoilers for whatever I talk about. Uh, yeah, starting with Barry. This new season, halfway through, there's a ridiculously crazy time jump that I don't even, you're just, you're waiting for it to be a dream. You're waiting for one of the characters to wake up. You're waiting for one of them to snap out of it, yet it keeps going, and I'm pretty sure that's just how the plot is going in the future. Uh, you know, maybe the last episode, it, it turns out Barry's just an isolation and he's been arrested this whole season and he's you know uh, uh, fictionalizing all of this and hallucinating all of these future possibilities and uh, outcomes but holy shit this show if it lands if this last episode lands it will be a 10 out of 10 show that i will recommend for years to come and call it one of the best of the decade because starting what 2018 2019 uh so yeah Best, one of the best in the 2020 decade, easily. Uh, all the actors kill it. The writing's quick, tight. It makes sense. There's, you know, there are some logical fallacies, but the beats, the dialogue, the direction, even the music, the tone, the camera work, all of it is amazing. And they're half-hour episodes, which is just preferable, honestly, uh, in this day and age. Yeah, I love hour-long episodes when they're good, but guess what? A lot of TV's not amazing, so you do the math. That's just double double the reason. Um, yeah, I don't even know what else to say. It's amazing. You need to watch Barry if you haven't. This new season, I did, I guess, spoil something if you haven't, but new season's fantastic. Fully recommend. 
on to the next thing. I watched, or I've been watching, sorry, Ted Lasso's newest season. This is going to be a tonal change because it is not landing. You know, the airstrip was clear, the runway, there, there's nothing on the runway, and yet it's just kind of not even gently landing, just kind of nosediving towards the landing, and I'm I'm not quite sure it's going to veer up in time. I think it's just going to keep descending into a mayday, and then it'll spiral a little bit. Last episode might give it a little bump of, you know, air, but by then it's too late and the plane's crashed. Um, this season, let me let me get this straight first. This season is good TV to, you know, compared to other television shows. It is not good TV compared to Ted Lasso. It it feels as though it's it's fumbling the ball at every turn. All the character decisions make no sense. The writing decisions behind what characters are on the screen and what characters aren't and what they delve into and what they don't and having a, a disarray of elements and plots and even humor. The humor hits, but it doesn't hit as often or nearly as much. It, it, it hits every now and then. So there's a disarray of humor, and I think most people who appreciate Ted Lasso think it's hilarious and now this new season is it's got some funny moments but it's it's not hilarious and on top of all of this the episodes are longer the episodes are 45 plus minutes there's an episode I think last week was an hour and three minutes uh this the show does not have the character drama and the the witty dialogue to carry it for an hour just hands down i'm sorry guys i'm sorry writing team i'm sorry jason sudeikis i'm sorry apple but this is not how it works this feels as though you just shoved two season in, into one and expect everybody to be like oh yeah we love it because it's longer yeah but no it just kind of feels like garbage in a weird way uh <laughs> and yeah that's in relation to the previous seasons but it's still relative garbage, you know, that still doesn't change my thought processes. So I, I, I could go into more. I could go into how Nate's heel turn is the most wasted heel turn. I've, it's not a heel turn. It's not a heel turn. It's not even a nudge. The character just did something and they, they didn't lie, but I think they misrepresented a heel turn and I'm, I don't like that. I don't like that. I love a good heel turn. I love when a writer can, you know, paint a picture upside down and then flip it over and you're, you're, you're blown away because the piece is exactly how the writer envisioned it. But you did not see that until he flipped it up upside down. And with Nate, that's not at all. It's, it, it's just the same painting, but now he's got gray hair and he had a different job and it's, it, it, it leads, it's a nice segue into my next problem, which is Keely. Why is Keely in the show? Keely is written off the first episode, and yet she gets more screen time than Roy, probably. She gets more development than Roy and maybe Jamie, even. <laughs> she gets more screen time than 99% of the team, and she gets more screen time than some of the characters that get screen time and development all while adding this superfluous relationship that would be, you know, kind of okay had they not made a big deal out of 
their gay relationship between uh, one of the characters in the show and his, you know, his uh, struggles with that. And it just feels insincere in a weird way now. You know, if you, if you have those two elements, it's one thing to have one of those stories and to highlight the struggles that uh, LGBT people face, but then you just kind of upend it by having Kiwi just having this romp with a lady and she's all it's great and open in the office and doing this and doing that. And I, you know, I'm <laughs> obviously you can have more than one relationship in a show, but when you take the time to highlight Collins closeting himself and keeping himself on the inside and not revealing himself to the outside, it's weird that you just show the exact opposite. And then Keely's all, Oh, happy go lucky Keely, you know? who's totally comfortable and fine in the situation she's in. And, you know, it it, it <laughs> kind of detracts from the other story. Uh, it, it just, it makes it feel as though Colin's story is a pay limitation of Keeley's. And something tells me that's not what the writers wanted or intended, but that is how it comes off when watching the show. And... I think, you know, I think those are my biggest complaints. I have other complaints, but those are the ones I can remember to talk about that I have, you know, just small things written down. Uh, yeah, newest season of Ted Lasso, really not my favorite thing. Every time I recommend Ted Lasso from now on, I'm going to have an addendum where I go, oh, yeah, man, those first two seasons were amazing. I definitely recommend watching those. And maybe watching the last season, you know, watch the last season to finish it out. But, yeah, I... It'll just forever have an asterisk of, oh man, Ted Lasso, amazing show, asterisk on amazing. And then you have to look under the note, under the header, you know, whatever you want to call it. And it just says, last season is subject to opinion, yada, yada. Uh, so yeah, Ted Lasso season three. And last thing I watched, I watched the Lord of the Rings extended edition trilogy. I think I've only watched the extended edition once before. And the last time I watched the trilogy was just the theatrical cut. So it was awesome to kind of have that fresh in my mind and knowing what was extended and what wasn't. And I'm sure you've heard plenty of talk of Lord of the Rings over the years. So I'm not going to talk about the nitty gritty. I just want to talk about the feeling that I get when I watch that. Because during the second movie, you, you hit this almost euphoric feel of, wow, this is one of the greatest trilogy movies of all time. Maybe even one of the greatest just fictional projects of all times. And maybe one top five adaptations of a project of all time. But you get the euphoric feeling of it just being forever. You're just in that world about, you know, uh, about halfway through the second one. You're just in that world forever. And then you almost, you hesitate to start the third one because then it's over, you know? The, the journey's over. There's no going back. You start the third one and it just keeps going forward. And it's, it's such a weird thing to feel because other trilogies of movies, they have ups and downs, and I don't really care when they end. I don't really care when they start or something or one of those things. Or, you know what, I don't care about the middle, you know? Uh, you could take... You could take the Dark Knight trilogy. Batman Begins, good movie. Dark Knight, absolutely love that movie. Dark Knight Rises, good, but I don't really care too much by that point. It doesn't, you know, there's no... There isn't a a huge sense of grandeur and finale, you know. that Obviously, the plot of Dark Knight Rises 
ends the plot of Dark Knight Batman. But just in comparison, I know comparing it to the Lord of the Rings is unfair, but just in comparison, there's not this big crescendo, you know, uh, that really caps off the entire trilogy and not just capping off a singular movie or entry. And that, uh, you know, that, that, that provides a different element when you're watching Lord of the Rings. Uh, it, it almost feels as though it were one movie. Um, and you, you don't want that one really good movie to end. It's just, it's just a fact. You, you want it to last longer. And, uh, you know, when I was, I was watching, you know, Frodo be a little bitch and Samwise help him out and do the, do the baller moves <laughs> and, and be the, the real hero in this situation, you know, because, uh, I mean, hell, in the movies, I don't know if it's how it is in the book, but in the movies, Frodo doesn't even, like, give up the ring, you know? Smeagol kind of does it for him, so... Frodo kind of sucks, guys. I mean, you know, and that's probably not a hot, probably not that hot of a take, but Frodo kind of sucks in the movies. Uh, I do want to mention just how much the extended editions help out Denethor and Faramir. It's not perfect, but God, those stories are a thousand million trillion times better in the extended editions versus the theatrical cuts because in the theatrical cuts it, it's so simplistic there's no nuance to that relationship but then in the extended cut extended editions you get the Boromir flashback scenes from two towers and then you get just more of a background on uh, Osgiliath and uh, Minas Tirith and all that and it, it really serves those characters far better than the actual movies uh, do I move on to Hobbit I don't know. I haven't decided. I might. I might. I just might. But that means I would have to watch the Battle of the Five Armies, and I don't know if I want to do that. But it might make for good content for this very show, so I might have to, honestly. You know, I kind of talked myself into it, I think, because I'm going to talk about how PJ knew what he was doing, is a director who knows how to direct a movie, he helped co-write the script, so it's kind of his fault. I know Lord of the Rings fans refuse to blame it on Peter Jackson. They refuse. They'll think of any excuse in the book, but the man knew what the job was. He did the job. He helped write the screenplay. He wanted to adapt it since the 90s. There is nothing to confirm that the studio forced him into a trilogy. Everything, honestly, everything points to him wanting the trilogy and not the studio. But obviously, we'll never know because they're never going to confirm any of that. Anyways, I guess I'll watch the Hobbit movie so I can talk about Peter Jackson some more. Uh, and I think that's going to be it for the pilot episode of the Noah Davis Watchcast. Name pending until I maybe think of a better one. But for this first episode, that's what it is. So, you know, I was thinking about like a motto for the, the show because, you know, I want to I want to cap off every episode with a with a little a little zing, a little pep. So I was thinking, you know, always be on watch. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, watch out, you know, always watch out or. Um, no, that's all I got. That's all I got. So watch out. No, that seems like I'm talking about something dangerous. Always be on watch. Always watch something. We'll workshop it. We'll 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 work on it. I'll I'll think of some things throughout the week and hopefully have a better one next week. But, anyways, don't forget to always be on watch.
I'll see you next week on episode two.